All right, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Too Legit to QT. I'm your host, Darkoya, aka Koya, and I am here with the cast and crew of Bastards Road. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. I was saying earlier that it's like a party here. We have like we have one, two, three, four. I'm not used to like usually it's like three or four people. You know, we have like one of the cast members or one of the like maybe the directors. But today we have John. So John, you were the director and producer. And no, 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 John. I was the subject. (laughs) Subject, yes, and subject, yes. Brian was Brian was the director. (laughs) Brian is director, yes. And then let's see, and Mike and Daniel, um, original soundtrack, correct? Yes, we did the original, some of the original music for the movie. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, what inspired you all to make? a documentary about John and his 6,000 mile journey. I mean, it's a, it's a really incredible film. I had the pleasure of watching it. Um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so there's a huge um, veteran population there. And this is something that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, veterans coming home, not having access to their resources, and really going through PTSD and going through the trauma of coming back from war and dealing with all of those things. Now being millennials, we're a little bit more woke as far as mental health, but we still have a long road to um, to go. So what inspired you to just make the film? Thanks, Koya. So yeah, it was uh, a lot of those things. It was trying to understand the context more about the the challenges that our veterans come home with. John and I actually went to the same high school. We shared mutual friends. And that was really the bridge to me learning about his walk uh, and, and learning a little bit about it from mutual friends. And when I reached out, you know, it was it was just from a, a place of wanting to look know more, you know, gaining more context, getting more background, just trying to uh, learn more than just kind of the surface kind of details about you know, PTSD and where that fits in with our veterans coming home. So, and, you know, John's journey, it was already, uh, had already started by the time I was filming with him. So I, I already had so many great visuals of, of kind of what he was going through on the road, the, the beautiful vistas across the country and those really heartfelt reunions that he was having along the way. I love I love the imagery of you um, meeting your friends and kind of like reconnecting that holistic journey of just like coming back to yourself and centering yourself. It was really beautiful to watch, John. Um, How are you able to, you know, handling such sensitive subject matter? How are you able to create an environment? Um, where everybody felt comfortable. I mean, you were directing John and creating a documentary is very different than a short or a feature. How were you able to handle those moments where, you know, maybe, I mean, John had to relive a lot of his trauma, you know, sharing his story and whatnot. How were you able to create an environment on set where everybody felt comfortable to share and everybody could support John and others on set? Well, just to paint a picture of what that looked like as we were filming, it was really intimate. It was just me, you know, and early on, 
Um, I think we kind of understood that this was going to have to take a sensitive approach, like having one other person involved, whether that was an audio guy or a second cameraman, somebody to help me as, as whether it's conducting interviews or just, you know, being general kind of support from the camera department. I mean, John and I, you know, uh, we, we understood that this is uh, mostly about trust and, it all started between him and I. And then as we started meeting more of his Marine brothers, I mean, that trust was really going to have to start with John and them to even allow me to come into the room. And John can really speak to, you know, what, what that trust and, and faith in that community, like how that even allows my presence with a camera to even happen. Right. I would love to hear about that process, John. Well, I had, you know, we had met and well, we had had a phone call in Slidell, Louisiana between Brian and I. And then I went, I flew home. I paused the walk in Lubbock, Texas, flew home, had a VA meeting. We met for about two hours during that time when I was back in Maryland for a few days. <clears throat> and we had, we kind of discussed, you know, we just had an interview and that interview lasted like two and a half hours. And after that, because before I was, of course, reticent uh to try to you know do this i didn't start out trying to make a documentary i didn't start out even thinking this was an, this was my idea uh and so when it came about and after that interview i realized that this was a good thing and that uh i was going to have to bring that subject up real quick to my brothers because at first it was hey i'm just walking to you and i just want to come see you i want to give you a hug want to tell you how i'm i'm hurting want to hear about how you're hurting uh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, Hey man, I got this camera guy attached to me and we're going to have to cry on camera. And so everyone was, all of my boys were very supportive of me. I think they knew that I was going through some things. I don't think they ever understood, neither did I, that it was actually going to turn into something. Uh, but, uh, that, that just kind of shows the efficacy of, of the veteran bond, uh, and what that looks like, because all my boys ever asked me was, is Brian on the level? And I said, yep, he's on the level. Uh oh, oh, I think you're paused, John. Uh oh, he'll come back. You know, these technical difficulties and this virtual. Right. <laughs> right. Um, as he comes back, Mike and, and Daniel, I would love to hear about your process for creating the soundtrack. And I mean, this is this is very inspiring so i know you probably didn't need any any help like just coming up with just beautiful words and and whatnot can you tell me a little bit about your process sure so uh man uh being brought into this project we, we were lucky enough so mike and i'll let him speak to this but mike is an 18-year veteran himself uh i've been involved in uh, musical production for a few decades now and brian and i and mike even have, have worked together in some capacity for over a decade, um, just in different forms of media production. And oh, so I'm, I'm sorry, Daniel, I'm not trying to stop you. John, John, are you back? Sorry, I got a bad internet connection down here. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just didn't want you to think we completely dismissed no, you and moved on because we no. absolutely would never do that. And you guys are a great face, though. Yeah. It's yeah. a really great face. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just down here on the border, so I've, I've got a bad internet connection, so I'm trying okay. my best. Okay. Um, no, bottom line is, is my boys just, you know, as more and more guys kept coming on, uh, it just, uh, everyone kept seeing how Brian would interact with each Marine. And then those Marines would call ahead to other Marines and say, hey, man, this is, it's not that bad. And actually, you, you don't really even see him. Uh, and so that was really kind of the turning point. And so that's really how it kind of all came to fruition. 
Wow, I love that. I love that. That that definitely, when I was watching the film, I was like, you're just having these intimate moments on the couch. And I know that there's a camera right there. Right. Like I'm an actress, production coordinator, you name it. Like I'm like, I know. And I was curious to know how many, it looked how many cameras you had, what the crew looked like. So I was like, how are, I mean, they need to get into acting at this point because I know that it was your authentic story, but just the fact that you were able to stay within that authenticity with the camera, I was like, okay, these are hashtag goals. You all know what I'm talking about. Like Daniel and Brian, they're laughing because like, what? This is gold. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, I was fortunate to have a camera shoved in my face for the entirety of the thing. So by the time somebody actually came, by the time we actually met with a, another veteran, I was so used to that damn camera that they kind of just played off me and they're like, well, he doesn't even notice it. So I'm not even going to worry about it. Absolutely. <laughs> I People definitely feed off of your energy. Like even interviewing people, I could like, if somebody's tired, I'm like, okay, so they're like, let the, let me give them my energy so that they can be a little bit more hyped up. You know, it's early in the morning for you all. I'm on the East Coast. But Daniel, I wanted to, um, I wanted to go back to your question and how you were talking about your process in creating the soundtrack. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, we we've all been involved uh, in some capacity in media for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, and really, Brian reached out uh, last minute from a music standpoint. But Mike, being an Army vet, had already provided uh, military consultation uh, mm -hmm. from his end, just in terms of like getting involved with the film and, and providing Brian feedback as he started building it. Then Brian reached out last minute. And said, uh, I need some specific music in these genres. Uh, do you guys think you can put it together real quick? Because he had had temp tracks in there. Mm. Uh, it kind of, it, it was the, uh, it was a very motivating and seamless process to create. So I think for creators, that, that's kind of all you can ask for. We'd had a background in terms of what the movie was and the, and the connections already. Uh, we knew a little bit about John, even if we hadn't met him personally, just right. seeing enough of the footage. So it was like, man, like we're already connected here. The creativity behind what Brian needs uh, kind of just, uh, it just, it, it was on a plate for us. Uh, and we got to work with an artist named Luke James Schaefer, who was also involved in the production, mm. uh, uh, who really added to what Mike and I were, were able to put on to, to some of these original songs. So Mike, do you want to step in there? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I think you covered all of it. <laughs> I would just like to add that, uh, you know, the three of us, me, Brian and Dan, you know, as Dan said, we go way back. And this, this film is all about reconnecting with people that have kind of exited your life or, you know, or, are far away and uh this film brought the three of us kind of right back together dan and i have actually gone on to start our own uh you know full-time media production because of this film wow. so we're thankful for it but um you know when the opportunity came about just being a veteran myself knowing a little bit about john and all that stuff this was a no-brainer for us and uh mm -hmm. it really tied both of my worlds together john and i served roughly at the same time overseas john you're oif two one two somewhere in there yeah yeah two, so, three, uh, right so we we're we we're kind of you know in in the same general area at the same time so so musically this just was one of the easiest and most passionate projects i ever had to work on or got to work on wow wow that's so interesting um so many filmmakers that come on the show that's the one thing that they say is that great collaboration makes it seem like it's not even working at all um i think it's really important 
to choose your collab collaborators wisely. I've been on sets where people were not collaborating and it was not a harmo harmonious process. Um, what do you all look for? You talked about like trust, but what are some of the other like core values that you all look for when collaborating with each other? Um, like you and jo like Jonathan and um, Brian and even you, Mike, you and Daniel, when you were working on the soundtrack. Um, I think that for those of you listening, um, you know that we talk about that, like picking people that have your core, that share your core values. What are some things that you look for? You know, Especially in the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, I think that uh, you you fall in you fall into the people people fall into each other that and they gravitate towards each other and the ones that truly uh, come together and create something uh, they those those views are already aligned and you just somehow you know and in, in energy wise spiritually wise whatever you just kind of find each other and I think that you know I I was fortunate to see uh, on the back end how uh how strong these guys were that were building this film how uh how much integrity they had to keep to the story to keep uh, my story alive and not m pervert it in any way and that was really the beauty of it was and then you know that kind of transcends into a loyalty factor and so you see uh you see an amount of loyalty and integrity that you would see in the marine corps uh around a bunch of combat veterans and you see that displayed in the civilian world uh, I was I was floored and I was like, well, this is this is the team. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That was actually one of my questions is how did you maintain the integrity and authenticity of John's story, Brian? Because I know d documentary filmmakers, um, sometimes their subjects are there. They've passed. But he your subject matter. He's right here. Um, how, what th what measures did you take and what things did you put in place to make sure that, I mean, I'm quite sure you collaborated with John as well, but what things did you do to make sure that you told his story in an authentic way, uh, pre-production and post-production? Well, you know, being, wearing so many different hats, it's sometimes hard to maintain that, that objectivity that mm -hmm. is required when you're, you know, when you're so close to a subject, you know, you can, you lose that perspective. And so with conversations like, like Mike and I had um, to show early cuts to, to in, incorporate John, I mean, look, uh, very early on, I under kind of understood, I didn't want a narration over this. I really wanted this to be John and his brothers and, and their families of fallen, like their voices alone. And in that way, it's a little restrictive in terms of structure. Mm -hmm. So with John, he he was always willing to be there to kind of fill in some gaps of, of where the kind of story needed to go. Mm -hmm. And with Mark Stafford and I kind of forming this from a, from a writing kind of standpoint, because like when you do so many interviews and you have so much content, it, that writing credit on a documentary may look weird. But mm -hmm. when you consider how much volume of, mm -hmm. of, of, of statements and dialogue there are, I mean, it really is writing because you can go in so many different directions. So it challenged Mark and I to stay consistent to John's story. And when we were uh, kind of getting pulled off in a different direction to kind of come back and, mm -hmm. and, and just kind of remember what the end goals are, remember what the most important things are. Um, so it's challenging when it's a tight, small group, a, a small crew. And 
I would reach out to different kind of um, peers and professionals to get kind of insight, people that had no clue, no context about the story. And they just look at it from a different angle. And so that wasn't always the right feedback we needed at the time, but you know, there were pieces that we kind of took to, okay, how can we improve the story? How can we streamline it? How can we make, how, how can we get it back to the basics of it, if it, you know, if it went away too far? So with a documentary, it's kind of like a, a, an animal. You have to know when to let it loose and when to rein it back in. I, absolutely. I, um, I, I love that. Were there any other challenges that you, that any of you faced while creating this project? Um, just because with the interviews now, actually, let me circle back to this. John, um, did you have like your list of people that you wanted to inter interview really meetings, but did you already have that like laid out in the beginning? Did you have to alter that list? Uh oh, I think he's frozen. Um, okay, wait, he's coming back. <laughs> Almost. Hold on, we'll go to a different question. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> I think I feel like he's almost there. It's like he's almost there. <laughs> yeah, he wants to come back. <laughs> he wants to. He yeah, the, la the lag is just, it's, it's almost there. <laughs> he sees the light. He sees the light. Um, let's see. Um, Let's see, what was the most intriguing part of, or actually what was your most memorable moment making this documentary? I would say first, um, maybe Mike and Daniel, you can you can kind of talk about from the music standpoint and then Brian and then we'll go to Jonathan. Um, Daniel, go with that one? Yeah, yeah. sure. Honestly, the most part of this uh, process was probably seeing it in the flesh for the first time. Um, as much, like a, a lot of the production just, happened and was so I, I don't want to say effortless but all of the stuff came together so well that that was kind of like like that the biggest impact moment for me and mike i believe was when we flew out to santa barbara for the first film festival at fbi ff and um got to sit in the audience and take in the film with people around us and i was like i was i was emotional about the film and i obviously understood john as a subject uh, to that point but I mean, I cried like six times watching the film. And then I felt all the people around me going through like these natural emotions. And it was, it was, it was cathartic. And then, you know, you get up afterwards and you kind of answer questions about the film and you're looking into the space and everybody there is welled up with tears, civilians, soldiers alike, all, all kind of coming together for this really unique moment that for me, I never expected. So mm -hmm. it's not that I didn't expect the film to have an impact. I didn't expect to like be in an energy field like that where I was floored. Um, it was spectacular. I will lie. It was one of the best moments of my life, um, you know, to date uh, just because, uh, you know, and that's when, when Mike said we started a media company because of that, we always wanted to be involved in things that were able to impact people in that way. And this was really a catalyst for it. So. Yeah, that was that was my biggest moment was really once the film was kind of out in the world, even though it was film festival route. Wow, I love that. I love that. Um, welcome back, John. Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> no, listen, it is totally okay. I believe that there's, first off, there's so many platforms. There's Zoom, there's StreamYard. I mean, 
there's right. well meat, so it's yeah. like <laughs> 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're finding your groove. We were just talking about what everybody's most memorable moment was while creating this, uh, this documentary. It's gotta be the end for me. Uh, it's gotta be the, it's gotta be the finish. Um, mm -hmm to see the United States Marine Corps and second time fourth Marines, and then all of fifth Marines to stand up and support this, not mm -hmm. only support it, but truly greet me and all the bastards and the bastard families and the other veterans that walked into Pendleton with me. Uh, and then to support that uh, in a big way. I mean, there was something like 3000 people at the end of this walk and that was impressive uh, and super humbling, but also a very, uh, a very neat thing for me to see showing that the Marine Corps is coming around a little bit uh, because normally, and for years when I was in, uh, we didn't talk about mental health and we didn't talk about how we were feeling. Uh, and actually, if you were to talk about that, uh, it was almost a career killer. And so to see it now and to see us be able to acknowledge it as, a, as an armed forces, as a Department of Defense to acknowledge that you're gonna send guys and gals out off to combat. They're going to experience things that are gonna hurt and then to show them that they have some support. Now we could do better and they are, they are getting better. There are pitfalls and I get that, but to actually show them that uh, it's not a career killer to say you, you have some things you're going through. Mortal Kombat is not a normal process. Uh, yes, it is because we're a warring society and culture uh, through the ages of time, but that is not a normal process for uh, the masses. And so to actually take that on and say, hey, we do support you. Uh, and then to see that amount of support at the end uh, was amazing. And I think that was that's probably one of my most memorable moments. Wow, I love that. Um, so we are approaching at the end of our episode, which is so sad. But um, number one, um, I would like to see the book and the franchise that is attached to this just because I I was watching it and I was crying. And I was like, you know, this is just so beautiful. Um, I believe that, I don't know if you like, if you all have noticed this, but even in mainstream like television, um, mental health kind of like when people talked about mental health, a lot of times they used a subject in the army to, to talk about PTSD and like what that means. Um, and so even for war veterans, but also just for just people in general in our culture, like you said, shining light, on mental health. This is just such a powerful film in that way that I can see like veterans and people and families of veterans being impacted, but I can also see other people being affected as well. I know that I was affected and the more that people talk about the various mental health issues that we deal with as a country, the more that it can be destigmatized. And that's really the main goal. And this right here, like first off, John, thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your courage. Thank you to all of you also um, for creating such a beautiful documentary, but also keep going. Like I can see this kind of turning into um, something else to continue to impact others and impact lives and raise awareness around mental health. So thank you so much for speaking with me today. I know that you guys have a day filled with more interviews. So hopefully mine was one of your favorite though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was wonderful. Thank you. Started off with a bang. So I dig it. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Oh, and also um, where can everybody find you on social media? Brian, 
Bastardsroad.com. We are currently on iTunes for pre-sale, and on May 11th, it should be widely available for rent and purchase. So, um, yeah, but Bastardsroad.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, follow us and keep up. And watch the film. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Koya. Bye.